We are back. Episode 32, Silly Goose Gang podcast. And joining us this evening is Michael Jaco. Michael spent 24 years as a Navy SEAL and 11 years in the CIA. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, your time, this evening, our time. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about this one. Um, I watch uh, a few of your uh, a few of your uh, Facebook videos, Michael. So, uh looking forward to see where this one ends up um it's obviously quite a decorated past uh navy seals and cia so um yeah what's the what you know where did it, where did it start the, the military career michael and um give us a little a little uh, background all right excellent yeah i started when i was 18 i uh came in <clears throat> i was a hardhead diver for like two years then i went to the navy seal teams you know went through buds training class 116 and then uh Went, went into uh, Unity 12, did uh, SEAL Team 5, worked with SEAL Team 6, uh, did combat action at SEAL Team 6. SEAL Team 6 was like the creme de la creme of the, uh, of the SEAL teams. And then came back and did uh, um, like our BUDS training, started the first hand-to-hand course uh, for the Navy SEAL teams. Um, was a operations chief at several different commands. So got to see a lot of the world. And then eventually I went uh, started doing contract work for the CIA traveling uh, all over the world, protecting uh, agents as they collected information, helped track down several terrorists. And one of the big ones, of course, is uh, Osama bin Laden. So really, really uh, exciting career. Good times. That's pretty cool. So were you directly involved in the, the bin Laden capture? I wasn't actually in, you know, when those guys went in and hit those. It was actually yeah. my old old uh, team that did that, uh, Red Squadron. But I was there in Pakistan. I helped uh, track down Bin Laden. Uh, one of the one of the women that was uh, tracking on Bin Laden. There was a lot of people that were tracking him over the years, and I was involved in a lot of that. But I had had this one little uh, intuition. That's kind of what my work is a lot about now: uh, tapping into intuition, remote viewing, all that kind of stuff. So, I uh, I had this intuition that the doctor that we were working with was going to lead us to Bin Laden. She was like, I I, I think I'm going to dump this guy, and I'm like. I think he's going to lead us to Bin Laden, and eventually he did. And uh, and then my old, like I said, my old uh, squadron came in and got him. I was there in Pakistan, kind of as a backup to maybe like if there had to be an escape and an evasion where where they hit the ground and had to get out of there. So we're kind of like backing them up uh, just in case you know something really went really bad. Of course, the helo crashed, and mm-hmm. but they were able to still pull it off, which is you know a credit to their professionalism. You know when things go really bad, they still can pull it off. You know, so it was good. Yeah. yeah, I think um, what you know because I think am I right in saying that the uh, Pakistani military had a base like a mile down the road? What in that circumstance? What are the chances that uh, you know their military had no idea that he was there? Yeah, they they definitely did. Um, that was their uh, uh, intelligence service uh, had a, had a, a main headquarters just down from where Bin Laden left. So my again, my old team was uh, tracking him in Afghanistan, and they know that a helo from Pakistan came in and picked him up and took and whisked him off into Pakistan. So uh, you know, we had you know relations with Pakistan. They're supposedly helping us you know find terrorists, which they weren't. They're just taking the money and acting like they were. In fact, mm-hmm. a lot of the terrorists that we used to talk to, you know, would would tell us the Pakistani army is like they're 
they're they're you know horrible. They'll come in and like because uh, we'd like put pressure on them. Hey, you need to like you know we're giving you like billions of dollars every year to find terrorists. What what are you guys doing? So they'd roll out and you know do this big military opera- operation and shell the mountainsides and they'd ha- they say oh we just we got like 150 terrorists you know and and of course uh, the terrorists that we were talking to you know that were giving us information were like that's all bullshit you know they're killing villagers the villagers are like you know hor- horribly scared of the Pakistani military when they come in mm-hmm. so it's all all a sham uh, they uh, they. They constantly did that, and after the Bin Laden raid, they wanted to uh, actually take our chief of station, and uh, we had to like uh, whisk him out of country. So they're 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 not good players. Um, they they you know they brought him in. I don't know what they had going on with him. Of course, Pakistan I think was one of only two nations that recognized uh, Afghanistan when the Taliban uh, you know was in control, uh, where where Bin Laden was in control. So it's uh it's it's very interesting to see their little the way they play games and you know so you see right through them after a while. Yeah, I mean, is that um is that sentiment is that held within you know most of the American military and you know the British military you know for that and is that is that widespread that that thought process that they are just taking the piss essentially? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I I work fortunately I get to work with uh, a lot of the former uh, you know. Uh, uh, SAS from uh, Australia and also from uh, England and uh, really really awesome guys. But yeah, we we'd all talk together and uh, we 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 had the same common you know thoughts about them that they were just playing us. And but we we saw right through them. We kind of played them back, you know. So mm. yeah, that's um, yeah that's kind of what you expect, I guess. Um, yeah, from, from those guys. But yeah, it's good to you know. You know, when you just because you touched on the, um, you know, like the cave networks when they were dropping bombs on the side of the mountains, we all seen those images. But how intricate were those caves where you know Bin Laden was you know, hiding or allegedly hiding? You know, how, because they always said you know he's in these caves and there's you know there's no chance of you know Americans or British getting there because they don't know the system. But, you know, how is that real? Is that a real thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, all the way back into where. Um, the Russians were there, so we were helping supply and help and help to uh, create a lot of those cave systems. So we knew where they were, and uh, so we were able to get in there and uh, track a lot of those things down. And there were there were certain munitions that we had developed over time that could um, you know penetrate deep into those. You know, once we hit a blast, they would penetrate mm-hmm. deep into those uh, and and take a lot of people out. So it was a uh, and, and it's that way everywhere. I mean, you see North Korea has uh, underground caves. It's pretty much everywhere. You know, of course, in America, we have underground, you know, uh, bases and so forth. So it, it's uh, it's not uncommon for uh, a group, especially a guerrilla group like they were after we came and we started invading, invading to uh, to go underground, literally. So, yeah, yeah, um, I, I guess, you know, to a degree, um you know, the, the the ancient Scots did it, you know, hundreds of years ago, hiding in the glens and stuff. And, mm. you know, the English, the English would have a real tough, you know, just knowing, knowing your own, uh, you know, landscape, I, I suppose. Um, Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, but so what, you know, obviously, was there things that you've seen uh, within your SEAL, um, time, time in the SEAL, and then working with the CIA, Michael, that, that led you down to question things, shall we say? 
Excellent, excellent question. So um, there's over time you start to see whether in the SEAL teams or, or in the CIA, you start to see there's like this different organization that's involved. And uh, today we would call them the deep state. But then you're like, you know, who, who are these guys who are uh, kind of like, you know, working in the background, like super secret. And you're, you know, you're in super secret, you know, organizations and doing, I mean, I, I did stuff that only a handful of guys knew. So a lot of guys were involved in like super secret programs. You just didn't talk about them. So you'd see stuff going on. You're like, hmm, what's that? You know, but eventually over time, I started to see that these were not good programs that were going on. They weren't involved with us. And we started to uh, isolate and uh, basically keep people that were involved in these programs. If they wanted our help, you know, we wouldn't really go out of our way to help. Uh, but it was, it was, it became pretty obvious over time that there's, uh, there's a separate group that operates. Somehow they have gotten it. They've gotten to the point where they have like um, extra, you know, benefits. They can come in and do whatever they want. And we're supposed to like, you know, back them up and help them and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, you know, this is these guys are not good. You know, they're doing some cheesy yeah. stuff. And then eventually I got to the point, especially in the CIA, where you can see that they're involved in like illegal arms trafficking, which is basically what was happening in Benghazi. So a lot of the guys were trying to like, you know, tell us, you know, hey, you know, there's some there's some stuff going on. But you just can't really talk, you know, because you sign non-disclosure agreements and you can't really talk. And that's how they get you. You know, you can't talk about anything you see. But uh, I I'll like protect things to my death that are you know, that I've been involved with that are good, you know, but it's up to me, I believe. And those of us that have been involved and some of us have, you know, started to come forward and we call them call us whistleblowers or white hats and so forth, where we come out and basically say, yeah, there's some, there's some things that are going on that are not good. And they're not good for not just America, but for the entire world. So you see those things going on. I try to you know, talk about them to the point where I can get away with it, you know, without, you know, yeah. crossing yeah. some lines, but they'll, they'll, they'll come in uh, spanky. I mean, we've seen a lot of people that speak out, you know, they disappear or suicide and all kind of stuff. It happens all the time. So um, I've had some of that happen to me when I inadvertently disclosed some programs. So it's it's a it's a real challenge for us to get this information out and uh, stay alive when we get it out, and also to uh, put it out so that people just don't get, just like that's that's impossible. Yeah, right here, you know, the uh, it's impossible that you know like nine eleven that our government conspired to you know bring the towers down. It's like well, I, I tell them it's like it's not our government. They they aren't that smart, but there is a dark organization that works behind the scenes that does that. I mean, Robert F. Kennedy being or John F. Kennedy being assassinated is is an excellent example. You know, if you get out of the line, you start to talk too much, and he was talking about you know secret organizations. He gave that speech, and then you know a few days later he's shot. So they uh they will definitely there's no one that's untouchable to them. So it's uh, mm. it's very. You have to be very careful releasing this information. Yeah, this is um, this is one of the things where, you know, you know, just because we've had COVID, and, you know, people get you know, some people that you know, and they come up with these, you know, real elaborate plans that you know the government are doing this and that, and you go, oh, you know, I don't know about America because you know I'm not there, but and you go, okay, so I can't see it being 
the people who are fronting the government. You go, because, listen, these guys can't fill potholes in roads. <laughs> Do you know? So you go, how, how smart can those guys be? So what is going on someplace? Because something, you know, a lot of things... Um, you know, just you know, you know, because you said nine eleven, just from an outsider looking in, you, if you do a little bit of digging, you go, something just doesn't add up. This just doesn't. It just seems impossible. Um, so yeah, it's you know, like you're saying, there's people shadowy people behind the scenes because you know, if, if you look at, you know, uh, you know, I don't know wh- which way you vote, Michael, but if you look at Trump or Biden, you go, well, I mean, I wouldn't trust Joe Biden to you know, run me a bath because he just seems like he wouldn't be capable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no doubt. You, know, yeah. you know, I look at that guy and go, that, that, I mean, he he is not possible running a secret government or a secret space program or he just wouldn't be capable. It's just impossible. So, um, yeah. you've also, you've also got the, with politicians, the other problem that you always have is the fact that they have term limitations quite often. You know, the states, the president's only ever going to be in for a maximum of eight years, you know, two terms. And then out of a job, how much can they influence in eight years? You know, over in the UK, we could have a general election every, you know, three or four years or by-elections as and when. So the politicians that are fronting it can possibly be being as involved as the career bureaucrats or whatever phrase you want to put alongside them. I take it that's where the real and in very commas, power or the, or the real power kind of lies. Yeah, so there's uh, there's there's larger groups that are involved. I mean, it's uh, you look at the Rothschild banking organization. There would there would be more of a, a an upper level of uh, you know involvement in a lot of the you know, banking system. Basically, is ruled by the Rothschilds. And of course, you know, back during the Napoleonic Wars, where you know, uh, Battle of Trafalgar, where they thought that they basically Napoleon lost, but they had their little the Rothschilds had their group come in and basically tell the uh, city of London, uh, "Hey, the Rothschilds just lost, so stocks like went the the British just lost, or the the group you know just lost against uh, Napoleon, so stocks tanked." They came in and bought low, and then the real news came in that Napoleon had been defeated. So then everybody came in and bought up, and now the Rothschilds basically own everybody. And that's what's that's what's been going on for a long time. They have these, you know, dark secret organizations that they can fund with very very deep pockets, and that's some of the things that I've seen. You know, this deep state do they have a? We we see uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, with his uh, pedo island, basically you know taking. That's deep state right there, and pretty much all of the deep state uh, intel organizations. So, not the, like MI five would be the one that's ruling him or controlling him, or the CIA ruling or controlling him, or Mossad ruling or controlling him. It's the deep state within each one of those intel organizations that's controlling that or get or gathering that information. So it's kind of like you know, almost all you know organizations. I can tell you, intel services basically have ways to gather information and what, you know, the honeypot type thing. If you've, uh, you know, seen Red Sparrows, kind of like, you know, it's uh, the Russian, basically had a, Russians had a program where they would train women to basically seduce men and gather information and dirt on them and stuff like that. Mm. That, you know, you know, it's, it's, you did that, you do that to a, a French politician and everybody's like, so what, you know, he's fooling around, you know, <laughs> they all fool around. So, uh, but if, if it's a child, it's a different story. 
So that's what they did with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. You know, they set up all of these politicians, business leaders, Hollywood, you name it, with this, uh, these horrific acts that they did. And we're, we're finding out that not only do they have sex with minors, but they also have this crazy ritual where they sacrifice children as well. So it's that kind of stuff. Once you get somebody involved in that, and it could be they just come in and they, they drug them and then they, they're involved in this and then they, we got you. This is what you, we want you to do. We want you to be, you know, the, the British prime minister for four years and we're going to have you do this, 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 and this, and this for us. Or, and we'll call you certain times and then you just do what we tell you. So that's the kind of stuff that they do and they have been doing for quite some time. So this is being exposed right now. This is the, the beauty of what's going on with Trump. And Trump is just the front of a white hat organization that exists all over the world that is basically exposing these guys. And I think they've already taken a lot of them out. We see some people like the prime minister of Canada, who is obviously under house arrest. You know, you can see the ankle uh, uh, monitor on him and his wife. And uh, he's, he's still locked up in his house. You know, he, he hasn't even gone to um, the basically the, the prime minister's uh, residence or anything like that. He's in a separate residence. So he's basically been taken out. So there's a lot of that that's going on right now as well. <clears throat> yeah. how, much, how much do you know about the, the British establishment with the sort of the paedophiles that were involved in the British sort of government through the 70s and 80s and 90s? Are you aware of that, Michael, with like um, Cyril Smith, Jimmy Savile, who was infamously, um, you know, necrophiliac as well as a paedophile and, and you know, a, a prolific, for want of a better phrase, rapist and child abuser. Um, and it seems to be, you know, we had that over in Britain five, six years ago, I think now it all started to come out and it seems to have slowly almost worked its way across the Atlantic now. Yeah, it's all over the world. I mean, see, you're, we're seeing a lot of it being exposed in Australia as well. It seems like America is like the worst, though, by far. Um, they're, they're exposing, of course, in you name it, country, Germany, whatever. Uh, they're exposing these uh, dark sites, I guess. You know, the dark Internet basically has all this, uh, this stuff that's been this porno and stuff like that for child porn and stuff. And some of it's pretty bad. Uh, they, they, I remember just recently uh, they caught in Australia uh, this group that was basically raping um, like a baby that's like, you know, like three or four months old. And they were videoing it and they, they busted them. It was a two-year, two uh, you know, bust where they were monitoring these guys and they busted that. So then they trace all of the people that's, that are watching that and then they bust them as well. So... These uh, networks are pretty much going down all over the world because, you know, they've been watching them and they thought they were getting away with it. They thought they had encrypted information and they could get away with it. But no, it had been busted. Kind of like the uh, if we if we look back all the way to World War Two, the Enigma. Remember that that code machine mm -hmm. yeah, that yeah, the Germans yeah. and the Japanese had. Yep. So they they thought that they had something that was unbreakable. But the, I believe the NSA and probably um, British Intel deep sources basically had a, because I, I, I can tell you, I work, I work with a lot of British Intel, very, very professional. And to all of us were like, look, we're looking around at the time. We're like, there's some crazy stuff going on. You know, there's something's not right. You know, so all of us have been looking at this for a while and 
you know, we can't, re- we couldn't really, you know, be outspoken about it. You know, it would ruin our careers or, you know, we get taken out or all kind of crazy stuff. So, um, but I think that now Trump and the white hats all over the world are giving us the ability, the cover to come forward, kind of like digital warriors. You know, so they came out, you know, the Q post and stuff like that just came out recently about digital warriors. So that's, that's kind of what I am right now, a digital warrior, basically releasing the information, doing the research, doing my intuitive remote viewing type stuff. And seeing this stuff on a, on a different level and helping to expose it. So it's really, really a powerful time right now. Now, do you think this is why the media, um, you know, essentially everybody in the media, you know, other than a, a couple of uh, outlets, go after Trump so hard? And it's, you know, just, you know, again, from, from looking over this side of the, the water, um, it's like they have thrown everything at Trump everything um, and nothing has stuck you know all these reports and they've basically found nothing and it, you know at some point you have to go why do they hate him like this much like why is it th- you know this bad because it does seem you know you have to look at it and go oh wait a minute something again you know just go something just doesn't seem right something seems off here why would you go after something this bad um and it's always, you know, uh, a lot of celebrities. And, uh, you know, from the outside, anyway, it looks like a lot of left-leaning uh, politics seem to absolutely despise them. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of difficult. You know, is, is, is this why they hate Trump so much? Because he's a guy who's really trying to expose his stuff. Oh, absolutely. So, um, uh, yeah, the, all, all the stops are out. There's no more um, journalism left. It's just uh, you know, just attack, attack, attack Trump and uh, yeah. and anything that uh, anyone that uh, supports him. So that's that's they have to because if they don't, they don't stop him out this time. He's basically, he's, I believe, he's already taking people out and they're they're going down to Guantanamo. Some of them maybe even have been executed and uh, are in prison. So Guantanamo had basically he basically when he first came in. Uh, Obama had tried to close it down, but uh, did quite w- wasn't quite able to. So Trump came in and then pumped hundreds of millions of dollars down there to uh, you know build new new barrack systems and stuff like that. So why would why would you do that? You know if you're if it's there's really yeah. no war going on for the U.S. right now, and the, uh, the caseload like uh, for judges uh, has is the highest ever. So who are they? Who are they? Uh, you know, judging down there. So it's like the highest ever, like 121 days this year alone. And uh, of course, I guess they take weekends off. But uh, so they they've had flights. They've had flights going in. They that you can look flight at flight trackers. They've had incredible amounts of flights going into um, Guantanamo as well. So obviously, people are going down there. Um, I think we can see that some people just seem to be disappearing that were huge, uh, you know, always attacking Trump. And now all you see is like, um, uh, computer generated, you know, images of people. So that's that, you know, people that are really, uh, into this, uh, information, CGI stuff can look at it and go, yeah, that's, that's not real. That's all, uh, computer generated. And then you have like a, a tweet or, you know, a Facebook post and, and it's like, where are these people? You know? Who's, mm. who's, who's doing these posts and stuff. So I think a lot of them have taken out. Now, 
on you, Lucas. So, sorry, I was just going to say. Now, do you think that would Trump uh, drop some of this information before November, presumably? Is he is he waiting? Do you think for an uh, an opportune time? Um, you know, because we're uh, just about August. Is he now looking for an opportune time to drop this? Because you know, I, I don't think anybody's heard from Joe Biden like <laughs> six weeks. Like he just seems to have disappeared. Um, so do you think he's just looking for a time just to go like a, a mic drop and walk away? Is that the kind of thing he's looking to do? You do you believe? Uh, I think he's going to. Uh, I think it's it's getting down to the wire. Um, I think the the investigations they've been doing. Now I don't know if they're just going to wait until after the elections, or they're going to like you know, you know, explode this on uh, the American consciousness before, because it will be an explosion on the consciousness. Because there's a lot of people that are still putting these people on pedestals. That uh, once they find out some of this horrific stuff that they've been involved in, uh, they'll come tumbling down, and some of them just will fight to the end. You know, we already know that. I think that the um, the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa terrorist groups pretty much are, are the jackboots for the new uh, world order. And the, uh, the, it seems to be mostly the Democrat you know, run organizations here in America. But of course, we're seeing the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, stuff all over the world. And I've seen uh, demonstrations there in England as well. So it's yeah. not in France. And, I, and it's not just, uh, you, know, um, you know, isolated here. So this organization is, is pretty much like the Nazi brown shirts. Uh, you know, they came in like a couple of years before Hitler came into power and they basically just started rioting and, you know, just threatening people and causing all kinds of problems. So that's what they do. They did that same thing in uh, communist Russia, uh, took out the czar. The same, it's the same pattern over and over again. And now we're seeing it in America. So you, you have to wonder, will America, you know, be able to uh, push the, push back on this and resist? I think that America will, but obviously it's going to be a great challenge because there's a lot of people that are still, you know, in the dark about a lot of this stuff and are, are kind of hooked, I think, through MK Ultra techniques to uh, brainwash people into believing that um, the left is, uh, you know, sincere in helping them and sincere in helping black lives and so forth. So, I mean, just look at Black Lives Matter. Most of the people that are involved with it, over 60% are all white. So, mm. and, you know, they've, all, they've tracked the donations and most of the donations go to the Democrat Party for, you know, uh, people getting elected. So it's, uh, yeah, once people start to, you know, become more and more aware of this, and I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, through my videos and stuff like that, people contact me almost on a daily basis by many numbers. And tell me how they use my videos to basically help awaken people and their family. So it, it is it is a movement, I think, the digital warriors that like us, like you guys are like, we are the alternative news right now. Because like you said, the media is, is completely controlled pretty much 95 percent, I believe, maybe even more yeah. by the deep state. And they, they have I mean, we can see their talking points on every one of the shows. You know, they're all saying the same thing every day. It's like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, a, a crazy time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 there's so much, uh, there's so much information there to, to process, Michael. There's, there's, so, there's, so much, there's, there's so much there to process. Um, just, to, just to double back a little bit, Michael, if that's okay, because you were talking about Guantanamo, and again, yeah. I, I don't know if this is still the case. Does it still sit out with international law? Because I know there was a point where it's not technically Cuba, it's not technically American soil because it's not an embassy. 
and it kind of sat out with international law and there was the you know all the the uproar around camp x-ray and the you know where the the terrorists were predominantly taken does does that is that still the case yeah so they can do uh military tribunals there so it's outside of the jurisdiction as we know the um the judicial system throughout the world is pretty much corrupted as well so not not only is the media corrupted but also the judicial system so trump has done a lot of work to you know take that out and just for instance, um, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, you know, was on the lam here in America for like a year after Jeffrey Epstein was like, why aren't she, why isn't she being arrested? So they took down a uh, Manhattan uh, district attorney that was basically, I believe, was holding things up. So Trump told Barr, Attorney General Barr here in America to basically um, fire him. And uh, so I guess Barr and this, you know, Guy, and that's one of the reasons why Barr is basically uh, tr they're trying to impeach our Democrat, you know, party is trying to impeach Barr right now. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere because we have fortunately have control of the Senate and you know the, the conservative side. So um, Barr basically said, "Hey, you know, we're going to ask you to step down." He's like, oh, "Okay," and then it, and then he comes out and the press says, "I'm not stepping down. They can't make me step down." It's like, "What?" So you know, Trump said, "Fire him." So they fired him, and that's what you know the Democrats are all up in uproar about. Same thing. It's like they want to attack Barr because they see him as a threat. They see him as coming after them, which he's going to do, which is which is what Trump has been doing all along as well. So once he was cleared within a within a few days, that's when they arrested Ghislaine Maxwell. Hmm. And then you might you might recall that this Wayfair thing where they're like, you know, look like they're selling children, you know, online. Uh, they'd have like a, you know, a, 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 some kind of cabinet that was normally like, you know, a few hundred dollars and they were selling it for like, you know, $20,000. And then they just happened to have like, and they named it after a girl that was missing and they have a picture of the girl. So it was like that came out shortly after Ghislaine was um, basically yeah, arrested. Yeah, yeah. It rested. So. She, I think she's releasing information, and they're all scared right now. So they're they're upping the attacks. They're going to up the attacks now. I mean, just imagine, you know, we've seen this throughout time, and like North Vietnam when uh, we were, you know, in North Vietnam, they they did these kinds of attacks all the time, trying to, and that's that's why there was such big war protest in America. So it's the same thing. Communists were coming in and supporting the anti-war movement. And they were just constantly hit barraging the media again. And then eventually we pulled out of that, you know, that conflict, which, you know, good or bad. I'm not, I don't I don't have any say in that. But I have a lot of people that I work with over the years that were involved in that. And they said we could have won that war. You know, they just kept kept us back. And I feel the same thing. about a lot of the wars that we have been involved in for a long time, we mm -hmm. and a lot of us were like this same thing. Like we talk about, you know, special forces guys and, you know, the regular military and so forth. We all saw that we could win this war like like overnight, you know, almost. Yeah. What, what are we still doing here? This is ridiculous, you know. So they just keep these things going on and on and on. It's crazy. Frustrating. Talk, talking about the government screwing someone over, just touching on a couple of things that you mentioned, Michael. Because you've said you were involved with SEAL Team 6 and you were talking about Vietnam there. Were you at SEAL Team 6 at the same time as Richard Marchenko? Yeah, uh, he was actually, um, he wasn't at my board. So you go through a board 
uh, before you go to SEAL Team 6, so they, they canvas the teams, and uh, you do a, a particular board. Now it's a little bit more involved. You have to do physical training and all kind of stuff. But at the time, uh, they looked at your record. They brought you in. They asked you questions. He was the head of um, SEAL Team 6 at the time. And for me, I was like, I wanted to, I want to go. I want to be the best of the best, you know. Yeah, you, that's just the way it was my whole career. Always, you know, mm-hmm. striving to, you know, you know, be the best, do the best. But right when I got there, you know, I got to see him, but he was on his way out. Again, they took, they were taking him out because he was basically exposing, I think, some of these bad actors. And they wanted him out, and they wanted him out because he's being very effective. And uh, they had trumped up charges on him and then, uh, you know, took him out. So, you know, these things happen, you know, over time you start to see, you start to observe that kind of stuff. And you're like, what, you know, what, what just happened there? And then you start to see patterns over time that there's mm-hmm. a lot of manipulation. If someone doesn't play along, then they get taken out and they find some excuse to take them out. And it's, I mean, I just saw in the news today where there's a, a, a assistant chief of police in Chicago or something that committed suicide at his so desk. That. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. He just, I think he just recently been appointed as well, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he had just uh, gotten a raise. He was he was he made statements that if anyone has you know any problems, you know come forward. We're going to help you out. You know as far as like you know mental problems or whatever. And and then he commits suicide. It just doesn't doesn't ring right. It doesn't ring true. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that Deep State does. So they have a lot of um, things that are being exposed in Chicago right now as far as like corruption. So he might have been involved in you know um, an investigation or something. I'm thinking. And there, yeah. you know, he got he got too he got too much he got too close to the sources, so they just took him out. I mean, they they've been doing that for a long time, but now we're becoming more aware of it. And I think so um, I really think the the Epstein thing, uh, you know, with Epstein committing suicide, I really think that's the, the the one where even people who, you know, would laugh at anybody who 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 you know thought anything outside you know the mainstream. Even people like that were, you know, kind of went, wait, what happened? He was in, he was on suicide watch and he killed himself and there was no camera. The cameras were all switched off and the guards had fell asleep. And you get, well, hang on a minute. Like that's, I think that's where this is. This goes back and I think that, you know, once we're, you know, five years, 10 years removed from this, we'll look back and go, that is the thing that set everything off. And 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 really, you know, I think we will look at that as being something that's so important because that really made people go, ooh, like this is you know, and then you you, know, if you start looking, you know, back through you know the WikiLeaks thing, you know, you you go back, you look at the you know the Ben Rich stuff, and you go, wait, what? He was he was murdered and they robbed him, but they didn't take his phone or his wallet, and he's the guy who wait, what? And then, you know, you this this becomes a trail where you start, which interestingly. Um, so before this, I had been looking at um, a few videos that I had watched previously. You know the the Clinton um, body count uh, stuff on the secret space program. Uh, you know a few different things that you know things that I'd watched. Uh, you know a year ago, two years ago. You really can't find them on YouTube. They just right. don't seem. They just don't seem to be there anymore. Like yeah. I used to watch them. I'd watched a lot of them, and now you try and find them. It's like oh. They just don't seem to be there. Um, so something has obviously changed. Something is happening to 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 hide this stuff. Um, 
it's quite frustrating. Um, so, you know, it, it's clear there's something going on. Um, whether you want to believe it or not is a different thing, but it, it's quite clear um, that there's there's some kind of movement to hide. You know, and I, you know, I just seen um, uh, this morning. Uh, you know, over here, the, you know, the, the the video from I don't even know what the hospital was in America. Um, so there was some nurses and doctors who were saying, you know, we have been using what's the the, the is it hydro hydro hydroxychloroquine? Yeah, that's a, you know it works and it had 18 million views and shared you know tens and tens of thousands of times. Mm-hmm. And YouTube, Facebook, Google have all deleted the video. And you're going, well, why? Why would you? Why would you delete this video? Like, is it? You know. And then I've seen some other stuff. Um, uh, Prager, you know, you know, Prager, you, Dennis Prager, uh, some of his videos. Same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, same idea. They've been deleted. They've blocked their Twitter account. I just seen before we came on here. They had they blocked um, Prager, you half under Twitter account locked and you're going so something is happening to block anything uh that's not you know the narrative and uh, it's quite scary really quite yeah, scary it's it's interesting too that when that happens and people really want to know so like, yeah like yeah, uh, I, I had uh, some of my videos uh taken off at YouTube yeah and uh I Trump one time was talking about um, how you could do UV light. And, uh, interesting. And of course, they make fun of him saying he wanted to have you know, bleach going to people's bodies. He never said anything like that. I, I, I looked at it over and over. They even brought it up again uh, at this, uh, uh, at Barr's, uh, you know, congressional hearing right now. But it, it's, still, it's still a lie. So if you keep telling a lie, over and over and over again, you know, then people start to believe, well, maybe it's not a lie. It's, you know, they just hear it. They've heard it so many times. They're like, you know, believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe a lie. So I, I did the research on the UV light and they've actually done IVs of UV um, light into people. And they have a UV, they had a uh, biotech company had a UV light that would go down the throat and into the lungs and, and, just like, you know, you go out in the sunlight, it basically kills germs like within seconds, you know, well, you know, mm. they're, they're, they're dead, gone. Yeah. So they had a thing that would do that for the lungs. So it's like, oh, wow, that's what he was talking about. He's like, you know, he's informed. So I, I had the video. I did a YouTube on it. I talked about it and I did. I had that that video. They took that video down, just took it right off. And then, of course, I've you know, disclosed some other things and. They basically uh, shut me down on YouTube for three months. So yeah, if you uh, if you disclose too much, they're going to you know have have a waste because they're they're supposed to be an open source of information. That's what they were given by the U.S. government. Okay, you're going to be an open source of information. We're going to give you all these benefits. You know, you'll be able to like build your business huge. Uh, a lot of people have a platform to communicate and stuff like that. But now they've been coming in to restrict, and that's completely against you know, the things that they agree to in the beginning. So they're another control system for the deep state. So now they're having hearings this week for those companies, Google, Facebook, and Twitter, which are, have been suppressing information, and they were never given the, uh, the ability to do that, but they've been doing it on their own. So they're going to mm-hmm. get hammered, I think. 
Did, yes. did they give you a reason, Michael, when they took your stuff down and banned you for three months? Did you receive any notification about the why that happened, or did they just kind of just ban yeah, that, you and leave it off? It, it's, it's the same thing. And that one of the videos that I, uh, I released, I, I, I like, I'm going to take a step over this line and, and see what happens. And sure enough, so I will not repeat that here. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I, took, I took that little, little tiny step over that line and uh, revealed something. And then the next day, that video was gone and I was uh, uh, suppressed for three months. And they said it was, you know, abuse community standards. You know, they can say whatever they want, you know. So, um, but it was, it was legitimate. It was just I revealed something that was like way over, way over for what the, and I thought that maybe because i've seen some other people releasing something close i was like well maybe i can get away with it but yeah they they shut it down shut me down did you almost did you almost plan it as like a like a recon mission then to to test it in a way to say you know if we if i release this and they do take it down that shows that they are paying attention ali very good yeah i I like the way you you said that it was definitely a, a recon mission so um, I, I do those often, you know, and in different ways, obviously, um, testing, you know, information here and there, uh, dropping little, little something here or there, maybe a little piece of something. Uh, I, so I've, I've gotten a little bit better at it now. So my, I do my videos now on Twitch, which is, is more open to you, you pretty much do your, do whatever you want on it to a certain extent. Mm. Of course, I'm sure if I went over some line, they would probably stop, stop me out. Mm. But, yeah. uh. I have a little bit more freedom on Twitch. Uh, that's what's happening right now. You know, other platforms are coming up. Parlors opening up instead of uh, Twitter. So, I have a parlor account now. I'm starting to build that out. So, all these different accounts. You know, I'm. You just. It's just like a spe- you know, special forces guy. If yeah. uh, if I see the enemy strong in one spot, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go around and hit them from the side or the back or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm doing with my information. I know it's Tim Kennedy's just moved on to Parlor as well. I noticed him on his Instagram. Tim yeah. Kennedy was talking about that they'd even started shutting down. He was putting up pictures of um, just his weapons, as obviously a, a you know a, a Green Beret sniper and special forces guy out in the states, and he was putting up pictures of weapons, um, and they were just getting continually taken down under community guidelines. Um, and he said he's now moved all of his weapons stuff. He basically leaves his MME and business sheepdog response, I believe, on Instagram and everything mm. else was on parlor because he said it was getting shut down every, like literally within minutes of posting it would be and, and just you know, pictures of a weapon sat on a, a desk, not, you know, shooting at someone or, or you know, encouraging someone to shoot. It was just this is my setup for my you know, insert, we're Scottish, we don't know about weapons, but insert, name of gun here is appropriate. Um, and it was it was getting ripped down almost straight away. And I noticed Kennedy had put up the other day that he had moved on to Parlour for, for similar reasons. But exactly. Weirdly, but, you know, weirdly, kids can play Call of Duty. <laughs> I know, exactly. You know, it was crazy. Um, Good point. So, yeah, the freedom of speech thing is... Um, now that, without a doubt, is, you know, you see it all the time from the political left. Um, now, I, I would say, and I, I, know, I know for a fact, Ali as well, is, you know, we're quite central. I'm probably slightly right off centre in terms of uh, political um, beliefs. But, you know, we can all agree on the same things, you know, but it seems to be that 
the, the, the left or the far left want to shut down all conversation that they don't agree with. Whereas I would say, to an extent, you know, if you're, you know, everybody should be able to, to, to speak. Unless, you know, if you're a, you know, doesn't matter who you are, you know, if you're a, a, an Islamic um, fundamentalist and you're, you know, spouting death to all Westerners, or you're a, a you know, a legitimate Nazi, or you're, you, you name the group, uh, MS-13, yeah, we should probably tell these guys to shut the fuck up and not allow them to speak because, you know, nobody wants to see that. But, you know, the, 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 it's, the, where it gets weird is who is deciding what what's allowed to be said. That's when it becomes weird because, you know, like I say, unless it's extreme on any side, it doesn't matter which side it's on, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, everybody can agree on certain things. Um, but it, it's who is deciding, and that's what seems to be weird at the minute. It seems to be, you know, almost a, an extreme left who want to. You know, I, I mean, I know in Scotland, Ali. I don't know if you've actually read this um, yourself, but they're, they're trying to suppress the freedom freedom of speech in Scotland at the minute, and it's quite when you actually read it, it's quite scary. Um, you know, they're trying to limit any sort of criticism of the the government in Scotland. And it's yeah. like, well, Oh, class is a hate crime over here, Michael. If you, yeah. if you criticise the government, you can now potentially, if it passes, be charged as a hate crime for saying I disagree with government policy, which is surely the you know that should really be a fundamental pillarstone of a democracy. Yeah. You should be able to say the government are doing a bad job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's throughout time. So when you see that kind of suppression coming in. Then you know we're we're getting closer to you know this Nazi world uh, government type thing. So that's uh, and and whoever's like you know uh, helping support that, uh, you just take a look at them and go, okay, now we know who the deep state is. And you can see that you know across the board everywhere. You know people that support that kind of. Thing. We look at COVID now. We know that COVID is just basically you know a bad cold. You know bad flu. You know, bad cases of flu. People die from the flu every year. Um, this is a little bit worse. Bioengineered in a lab in Wuhan that came yeah. from uh, probably uh, a lab in America that was transported to Canada where it was escaped. And then the, and then the doctor, uh, the bioengineer that was going to talk about, they were like going to have question him. He dies in Africa, you know, suicided. So it's uh, so there, you know. That's what they, that's why they play this game. So now we have this, you know, COVID uh, thing that's around the world. We have the masks. The masks are, you know, proven scientifically to be ineffective in the beginning. You know, it's you know, it's deep state when they say one thing and then change it and then change it again and have another thing. It's like it's just all over the place to confuse people. So the mask is like, you know, it's one of their control mechanisms. And if you look at, you know. Uh, COVID, if you say, if you look at Ovid, that's Latin for sheep. If you look at 19 on they're they're huge in the numerology. So when they do something like, uh, on earth day is when they had the explosion in the Gulf where that one oil well, uh, blew up and it just leaked all that oil into the Gulf is on earth day. So they like to play with days and numbers. So one and nine, one in spirituality is a beginning and nine is an ending, so the two are basically a surrender. So if you have 19, it's a surrender. So 
see sheep surrender. So it's like they're in, in our face, you know, literally, with with their games, with their where they play with us, where they make us do things, and we and people just go along with it, you know. So they we can see how they control, you know, us. We can see how they mind control us by thinking that you know this COVID is like just over the top. Here in America, they're exposing that um, people have gone to get uh, a COVID test and they get in a the line. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do it, you know, and, but they've already registered for it. So then they get, you know, um, they get called and say, oh, you, you tested positive for COVID. It's like, I never even got the test. So we have a lot of that going on. And we also have a lot of people that are dying for, for like, you know, car wrecks or falling mm. off a mountain or you name it, they're dying of COVID. They have a heart attack, COVID. Um, that's being exposed. And then they take deaths from many, many days, and then they multiply and they pull them together and multiply and say, look, the death rate is like skyrocketing. But those were deaths from all over for many, many days. That's been exposed, but they don't change it. They still leave it there. So it's a mm-hmm. manipulation of consciousness that goes on constantly mm-hmm. that if you don't look deeper, if you don't do critical thinking on your own, you're not going to see all of this stuff. Now, I just want to go back uh, a little bit there, Michael. Um, see, did you say that COVID was engineered in America and shipped to Canada? Yes. Now, so that's this- that's the that's a trace, and that's I I put that out many 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 months ago. I uh, I trace it all. I I remote viewed it in coming out of Wuhan. I said it was a bio weapon long before anybody said it, and then it started being exposed. So that's one of the things that can happen with people that, you know, have a little bit higher, you know, abilities, uh, like myself and uh, a lot of people that I'm working with. You know, you know, are tapping into the stuff. Too. Remote viewing is very so. Truths are not are not uh, suppressed to you anymore. So you can look at stuff as a remote viewer and start to see, you know, the truth for things. And when I have like multiple people do remote view on something and we're all getting the same thing even though i i'm not telling them what i'm seeing we're just like at the end it's like okay what do you see what do you see and everybody's saying the same thing just like i did a remote view just recently with with my group had like a thousand people that have done it now and we're almost all of us are seeing uh on the dark side of the moon a base and then inside of the moon is hollow and there's there's a base with uh, extraterrestrials in it and everything so you know, this extraterrestrial thing is also another big lie that they suppress, you know, for us as well. Even though, like, uh, they had a press conference, I think it was back in 2001 or 2002, where a lot of military uh, uh, professionals, you know, generals, uh, all kinds of, you know, people that were involved in all kinds of programs talked about how they had seen and had witnessed, you know, uh, uh, extraterrestrial life and uh, flying, you know, flying machines, all kind of crazy stuff. And now it's even coming out now where they're, uh, you know, revealing the UFO stuff. So this is another thing that they have suppressed for a long time. Now, the thing that really destroyed my life for a while was that I basically exposed a UFO program that the CIA had. And that's one of those dark programs where if you expose their stuff, they have pretty much carte blanche to like destroy you and, and even assassinate you. So they, they actually did try to take me out on several occasions. Fortunately, I was able to evade it and, uh, and, and not get taken out, but, um, they, they will, you know, they will, they will come after you. So it's interesting. 
So the UFO the, uh, thing is the, the UFO thing is something that, um, that fascinates me. So um, you know, there's certain things where I, I think um, you know most recently the you know the the commander David Fravor stuff, uh, the GoFast video. Um, what was that? There was another one. There was three kind of videos. Um, the gimbal video, sorry. Those three were, uh, you know, especially the Commander Fravor one. Where you, you know, you look at that video and you go, I, I, like, I don't even know how we, how we can deny this now. So if you know, if you look at, if somebody doesn't believe in any of this stuff, here you go. So if somebody hears you saying, you know, this guy saying. You know, there's bases on the moon and all this kind of stuff. You know, that that all sounds far too crazy for me. Uh, you know, if you don't believe in Area 51 or you don't believe in any of this stuff, um, if you look at the David Fravor video, you just go, well, this is, this shit is not on Earth. I mean, these are the best pilots in the world saying, mm -hmm. we have never seen anything like this. And you can hear the, I think it's a gimbal video or the GoFast video, where the, you can hear the pilots going, you know, and it's not an ancient alien video. It's not some guy in Alabama, you know, saying, you know, I was abducted. And I see these are the best of the best saying, what the fuck is this thing? That's when you have to go, okay, that's like that, you know, that's the UFO version of Jeff Epstein getting, you know, committing suicide. That's the version of that where you go, well, wait a minute. If I, if you don't believe in any of this, watch this and explain it. How do you explain this? Um, so yes, mm -hmm. it's, you know, the UFO thing is something that I went deep into a while ago, Michael, ages ago, looking at stuff. You get kind of obsessed with the whole thing, and it's uh, there's some real wild stuff out there. Mm. Um, you know, all about the, you know, like the, the you know, the, the supposed alien war, uh, Dulce, New Mexico, and all this kind of stuff. But you know, if you just look at the, you know, the David Fravor video, it's like, well, this is. Like, how do we explain? And then, you know, obviously the Pentagon have now said, yeah, this is real. <laughs> so now it's like, holy shit. <laughs> what else do you do? I was going to say, Michael, do you think they've released that information to try and get people's attention away from elsewhere? A kind of, like, a little bit of a magician's trick. Like, don't look at the left hand, look at the right hand and see what that's doing to, to draw people's attention away? Or do you just think it's a, a symptom of it all starting to crumble? It's uh, it's all starting to crumble, and they're purposefully uh, releasing it. I think it's piecemeal. It should be a lot faster, but you know, I think there some consciousness. You know, for people, it's going to be you know too fast to wake up. You know, you you somebody's sleeping hard, and you like give them a, give them a little nice easy shake, or you like throw water on them. You know, and they're like ah, <laughs> like you don't want to throw water on them. So we're like okay, let's do a little piecemeal. And then we'll give them some, something bigger, something bigger and bigger and more and more and more. So that's that's pretty much what's been happening for the last couple of decades, I believe. A little piecemeal here and there, you know. It's kind of like the uh, the pedophilia stuff, you know. It's been a little bit here and there, and now it's starting to pick up speed. So we're mm. uh, we're going to see more and more of it. So we, yeah. we for me, I I had a lot of people that kept contacting me for a little pretty much the last couple of decades where they were like, do you know that you're involved in the, you know, super soldier program? And I was like, what? <laughs> and on a on certain level, I was like, yes, but I don't want to go there, you know? So it's, it started to uh, really come out in the last five to six years. And, and that really happened when I kind of exposed something that was happening at area 51 with uh, Gray's 
and uh, and the way that we had like a looking glass. There's a looking mm-hmm. glass that we can look at. You okay? Good. You guys heard about it. So looking glass. I was involved in that program. So someone disclosed it, and I validated them, and that's when my life got destroyed. So uh, I didn't even know that. It was like, yeah, that guy's real. You know, I know him from this organization. You know, and they were mm-hmm. trying to discredit him at the time. So we're not going to go too deep on down that rabbit hole because that, that'll get us all in trouble. But um, still, unfortunately, at, at some point, like we're talking about, all this stuff's going to be revealed. So it's mm-hmm. it's no sweat to like get a little bit here and there. But for me, I, I had like so many people kept contacting me. I was like, what is going on? I was like, are, they, are my being set up? You know, <laughs> like, and I was like, but on a certain level, I was like, yeah, I've, I've had these thoughts come through, you know. So I, uh, over time, more and more, you know, things started to come through. You know that that one thing in Men in Black where they come in and do the light thing, and everybody's yeah. like, oh, we didn't see anything, you know. It's they have a way, and I don't think it's something that simple, but they have a way of, uh, you know, taking our consciousness, those of us that are involved in those programs, and basically wiping us. But as you get older, like I am getting older, um, you start to tap into. I think maybe it's an Akashic record type thing where you actually go in and start to get these memories back because they can wipe us on this level, on the spiritual uh, consciousness level, but it's it's on a different plane as well. So as you get older and you start to have more experiences and you start to open to more of these spiritual uh, experiences and understand that things happen on a much greater level, kind of like my remote viewing and remote influence and stuff that I do, it opens up other avenues. So I started having memories coming in of the secret space program. And uh, so I've been kind of like revealing a little bit of that over time. So yeah, bases on a base on a moon, that's like nothing. We have bases on every single planet and many Mm -hmm. of the moons. We have people that live inside of every single planet, every one of them in our solar system. And we're involved with extraterrestrials by the thousands. So what I mean, imagine everybody got that in one big dump. It'd blow everybody's circuits, you know. So it's mm. got to come a little bit at a time. This um, reminds me of you know quite a lot of the the earlier John Lear stuff. Um, you know where he was talking about this stuff. You know he said a long time ago. Um, uh, you know that there was. You know we've been to every planet. And one of the things that one of the things that was interesting here because you know his dad was obviously behind the Learjet, uh, mm. and he had some involvement on the the moon landings. You know, nineteen sixty nine. Uh, we can get into that later on, actually. Um, but uh, you know, and he said, you know, one thing that nobody ever talks about now is anti gravity. You know, people should be really excited about anti gravity because it's comic book stuff. He goes, well, mm-hmm. you know, he was saying with no proof, of course, but uh, he was saying, you know. You know, my, my dad worked on the program in the fifties for anti gravity because that's why we can get to all these planets. Um, so it's something that's always been fascinating to me. I, I have always been fascinated with the stars and UFOs since I was little, as long as I can remember. Um, so it's something that's always, and it's one of those things where it's always seemed, even to me, I like it. I like I really, really want it to be true. But it's a little hard to believe, but now. You know things that you know just just by the Pentagon saying, yeah, that we have some stuff. You're like, whoa, this shit might actually be real. Um, so yeah, I know. Um, 
you know, this, the, I think the first time that I'd even heard of the secret space program was uh, Gary McKinnon. Are you aware of Gary McKinnon? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Has he, like, it, disappeared off the... He's, like, gone, isn't he? Or is he still around? I think he's still around. But I, oh, yeah. I think he was, I think he was like, a little bit... Um, he was maybe a little autistic or something. Yeah, I think it, I think it was Asperger's he had officially. Something he was like that, that, yeah. Typically yeah. released in the UK press. But, um, yeah, he, he, I believe that would be the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, oh, yeah, I found this thing. There's like a secret space program. There's, uh, you know, ranks within the secret space program. All this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it was like, whoa, what? Um and uh, you know, going back to sort of the John Lear stuff, you know, he was saying that. Um, I never remember. I forget the name. Was it? I think it was one of what? What was the the Apollo mission that blew up on takeoff? He was saying there was some connection there because there was mm-hmm. there was space. I think they had three astronauts officially, but there was room for a fourth. So when that blew up, the you know the secret guys came in to remove another body because they couldn't that couldn't possibly be there, um, and that was all to do with the secret space program. Which you know, even though I was really into it and enjoying it, it was even to me it was like yeah this seems a little bit crazy, but I quite like it. It's quite fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know Gary McKinnon is the guy who first you know kind of made us aware of. You know, what yeah, that's thing that's was. that's one of the first ones that uh, that I remember too. And that was kind of the same way. I was like, ah, that's stretching a little bit, you know, maybe, you know. But, you know, over time, it's like, you know, something that, because uh, everybody kept hitting me up on it. And I was like, no, no. And I, I did, like this, I did an interview with a woman that was um, uh, involved in it. And she was like, uh, do, you ha- do you have any memories? And I was like, no. So people are, are, have been constantly trying to, you know, spark my memories because they know that I was involved with it somehow. I was like, wow, no. And then recently I've had a, just to make sure, because I'm into uh, past lifetimes and stuff like that. So I had a woman that's totally into uh, working with people that are in this program. And uh, she's helped, uh, I wouldn't say regress them, but basically um, take them in a deep meditation so that they can access these memories. So that's what she did with me. And Boy, the, the information that came through is like over the top. And, I, and as it's coming through, you're conscious of it. It's like a different part of me that's talking, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. It's like this is this is unbelievable and so deep, you know. So it's not – I couldn't come up with this stuff. You know, I'm not that creative, you know. And uh, I've always looked at this stuff very skeptically. And then yeah. for this stuff to start to come through, I'm like, oh, I got to face this. You know, this is another thing, you know. Because all, all the stuff that I started doing, the remote viewing and the remote influencing, you know, I'm a very analytical guy. You know, I'm very scientific uh, oriented. And uh, uh, when it started to come through, I was like, ooh, whoa, 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 you know. But uh, as, as you get comfortable with it and, and then you start to open to it, you, you realize that, yeah, everyone has these abilities. It's just, you know, we've been kind of programmed pretty much our whole lives to think that we're not more than what we really are. So talking, once you start, talking programming there, Michael, how much of that then is involved with your your remote viewing around uh, neuro linguistic programming in NLP? Is that does that form part of that, or is that separate to? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So the neuro linguistic programming, which is fascinating work, and uh, the thing that I I was the 
a cornerstone when I taught the um, first hand-to-hand program for the SEAL teams is you had to overcome people's fear. You had to overcome their, um, their limitations. And that's what the SEAL program was all about, you know, overcoming limitations, <clears throat> learning that you can overcome them. Of course, not many people can, can do that. You know, we have a 80 to 90% washout rate in our training. So those that can, you know, really accept that, you know, I can do this, I can go further. And that's kind of what I did, you know, right from the beginning. You know, once I discovered that I could overcome things, I just had to like relax and go through it. That same relax, relaxation and, and moving into this different frame of consciousness is what you do with a, uh, uh, NLP. So neuro being the, the brain wave, you know, the neurons in the brain, linguistics, the words, and programming. So you're basically programming your mind to reach a different level of consciousness. And that's what the remote viewing and uh, the hand-to-hand program where I could, I could send a whole room full of people on, like I did it, of course, but I would train other people. We'd send like 25 people attacking one person. They were able to take the whole room down and, uh, and kill everyone, killing strikes and stuff like that. And then those guys would like come back to life after they've been killed after a couple of seconds and then attack again. So over a three minute span, they would like, you know, basically control and manipulate and kill, you know, cause that's what we're doing. Kill strikes 300 people. So the normal person was like, that's impossible, you know, but it is, it's completely possible when you have, when you reach these different levels of consciousness, you, I could see guys when they, they clicked and the guys that clicked, went on to do absolutely amazing things. The guys that didn't were still stuck in fear. You know, they got a little bit of it and did something with it, but nothing like the guys that really clicked. So that's what I, I learned how to teach people to go into these, this neuron uh, programming, linguistically programming there with uh, positive, you know, words. Yeah. So fear, obviously, is a negative. It, it keeps our consciousness low. That's what um, the deep state does. They they are always trying to keep us in fear. And that's what COVID does, obviously. They're always trying to keep us in fear, keep our consciousness low, so that we don't realize that we are capable of unbelievably amazing, impossible things. So um, uh, that's, that's what I taught those guys. And that is what helped me to go to the level, eventually, where I, w- I was able to remote view. And it, it was pretty simple for me at first. All I did, I went to uh, uh, Apache spiritual training uh, in a, in a remote location in the wilderness, uh, of New Jersey, believe it or not, is a pine barrens <laughs> in New Jersey, a guy taught it there. So it was basically just to send your consciousness down a trail at first to see what you saw on the trail, even though you never been down it. So I had like amazing results with that. I could see, you know, what was on the trail. I was like, wow, this stuff works. So I started doing it on the bike path where I used to ride to go to work. I would see bike bikers before they came. And then I started doing it like, you know, with, uh, Cops, you know, have the radar detector, you know, guns. I could see them up ahead, way up ahead, you know, like time, the time and uh, distance thing starts to go away with remote viewing. So then I started doing it in combat zones. So before my teams went out on the road, I would, I would remote view the roads like, oh, can't go out there right now, guys. And they're like, what? And then there'd be like be a, big, a big boom, you know, because we, you know, then the time frame we were going to be out there. And the same thing just happened again and again. And then I got to the point where I could see a couple days and a week in advance. And I told guys detail, you know, what was going to happen. So that's all, you know, just learning how to program your mind right. It's very, it's really quite simple. And uh, like uh, I, um, uh, Einstein said, 
imagination is the greatest gift to humankind. So once you understand your imagination is very powerful, it's not like a little kid thing, you know, it's, mm. it's very powerful. And once you start to realize that and program your mind correctly, you can do these amazing things. It's interesting because we use, we use NLP at work, um, not any level that you obviously go into there, Michael, but that's where, having read your book, I was interested in the, the NLP side of it. So it's interesting that you've used that, but Chris, on you go, mate. Sorry, jump in. No, I, I, I was just going to say, um, uh, you know, the remote viewing thing is, is one of the things where uh, when I first fell down some, some uh, sort of UFO rabbit holes, um, you know, people were talking about remote viewing the moon and all you know all these planets and all, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it seems a little bit like get the fuck out of here, man. That seems insane. But I think it, I think it has been like kind of proven that the the CIA and the, you know everybody did play around about a hundred percent played around about these programs. You know, certainly in the sixties, and then kind of went, ah, oh, you know, they don't work, and then left it. But you know, of course, you would you know you would say that. But you know, I think it's um, you know, like the MK Ultra stuff, um, in terms of, you know, just like uh, you know, what's his name, uh, Charles Manson, you know, that that was all you know, they were all connected to that program. So, mm. you know, if you look at you know, at the time, you'd say that's crazy, but now, you know, once uh, you know, years go by, um, so you know, you know, Charles Manson, you know, was definitely you know, they were given a massive and all this kind of shit, um, and now, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm pretty sure it's out there that. The CIA and you know NASA and all these all these people were, were playing around with uh, remote viewing, um, so it's one of those things. Where you, again, you kind of go, oh. Uh, now it's hard. It's it's extremely hard for uh, like me or Ali to kind of understand it, I suppose, because we don't do it and we you know never will be able to do it. But um, how does it you know is it is it just channeling your mind? Are you just is it is that essentially what it is? But you, is it you know some people can do it, some people can't do it. Is that yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty simple at first what you do, like, like I was explaining, you just, uh, maybe it's something that someone will put, and I, this is what I teach the people that uh, do my courses, basically you have someone uh, take uh, like items or something and place them in a different room, or maybe it's a friend that you have that's across town and they like take some items and put it on their desk and you know where the desk is or whatever, so then you like a remote view and remote view it, you imagine your consciousness going out and looking at that desk, you know, that has the items on it and then, you know, colors or shapes or, you know, certain whatever comes to you. And it's pretty, pretty consistent. Uh, people, people can do this and they do it uh, over and over again. And then once you do that, you basically, it's like working a muscle. You just constantly do it over and over again. And then eventually it gets to the point where you can do more and more things like go look at other planets or, you know, go and look into the past or go and look into the future and so forth. So I do that all the time. I look into the future like COVID. Before it uh, like took off, I said it was gonna be a, it's going to be a pandemic. These are going to be the numbers of deaths and, you know, infection rates. And I was like, to the day, I, would get, I was getting it almost within, you know, certain figures. I was saying the stock market's going to crash, going to crash at this point. You know, so you start to see all these different things and it, it's extremely helpful. So, I mean, just like, for instance, I, uh, I saw that crypto uh, currency was going to like, you know, take off and go to the moon. And, uh, you know, uh, I said that a while back. So a lot of people got into it. I got into it, obviously, because I didn't I didn't for the longest time. I thought crypto was going to go to zero. And then I, I'm, I'm watching it 
and then it something changed and i was like oh that's weird and then i was like oh it's it's going to go back up so i had that intuition that it's going to go back up and then when i have a feeling about something then i will remote view it i will look at it closer deeper and i'll ask questions you know as a remote view something so i got the cryptocurrency is going to like take off and uh, so the things that i invested in uh are have doubled and tripled and uh looks like even like the last several days crypto is like on a tear so it's uh it's definitely looking like it's going to take up so the dollar the us dollar is uh collapsing so there's going to be i believe in the future cryptocurrency and it, it makes sense it's going to be a digital thing uh you don't have to have money you know like we know so your phone your digital phone you can transfer money we're already doing that now with our bank account so uh the cryptocurrency will be in the future i believe very very strongly and a lot of people that are and then i started looking at so i never even looked at it and then i started looking at people that are pretty savvy and they're saying it look at cryptocurrency like the microwave oven back when the microwave oven first came out so it's going to like you know it's going to go to the moon so everybody's going to have one of course not everybody has them now i got rid of my microwave oven a long time ago because uh, you know i don't i don't think the waves are microwaves are good for your food but you know it's uh it's something that I think is going to take off. So that's what you do with remote, remote viewing. You know, I did it for combat, and I was like, "What else can I do it for? Do with it?" And I did it. I looked at, well, if I can go up, if I can go up the timeline, can I go back on the timeline? So I did it. You know, looking at past lifetimes, and and then I, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. I look at stuff that they're putting out. You know, about COVID. And I'm like, I look at it, and I'm like, no. Nope. That's a manipulation. So I've been I've been harping for months and months and months now that this COVID is a big lie, it's a manipulation, and so forth. And and you know it's still it's still very frustrating to see people are are still falling for it. Mm. Yeah, it's, you know the whole thing seems a little crazy. Um, yeah, it's just, just everything seems off. The whole thing seems a little off. You know, you know, being told to. You know, what you know, over here especially, you know, they're saying, you know, it's all about our health. But, you know, McDonald's has been open for two months and the gyms still aren't open. So you go, okay, so it's not it's not about health because that doesn't make any sense. Like surely any idiot could see that. This isn't about your health, because why would you open fucking McDonald's? Nobody's yeah. saying you know, I, you know, I, you know. Just the other day, and there was a, a, you know, I shared on on Facebook. Ali would have seen it. Um, you know, the, the, you know, I think it's something like obesity increases your chance of dying, you know, from COVID by ninety percent. You went okay, so open the gyms and shut McDonald's. Like this, <laughs> this doesn't feel like it's a hard fix. So it's not right. about your health. It doesn't even make sense. It's not even logical. Um, yeah, so you know the whole thing seems a little off. It just seems this just seems silly. Um, yeah, in uh, New Jersey here, they had a a guy that was uh, opening his gym, and they the New Jersey governor is like you know hammering this one guy, trying to make an example of being a real tyrant, you know. And uh, so he sent the sheriff out after him. After they've been open for like I think all the way for about three months, and they've had like twelve or thirteen thousand people visit their gym. And there's not one person, it's documented evidence, not one person has gotten sick coming to their gym. And the health department even, you know, recognized it. But still, the health department says that you're in violation, you're, you're a big risk. It's like, 
what are you thinking about? You know, so then this governor was part of this group, you know, a lot of Northeast uh, governors here in the United States that are Democrat leftists have put uh, a lot of seniors in nursing homes that were infected. The seniors were Mm -hmm. infected and they had huge numbers of uh, over half the uh, um, death rate is from seniors from these nursing nursing homes in New York, New Jersey, I think Massachusetts, maybe another state, um, Michigan, I think, and, uh, and California. And it's, it's all because these guys, you know, wanted to up those numbers. And I think eventually they're going to be held accountable, you know, but, uh, you know, still the, the tyranny, you know, goes on and it's like, it's crazy. You know, all of us are against tyranny, but here we are, we're living it. Yeah, they did, yeah. they did exactly the same thing over here, Michael. There was, um, there's been documented evidence again, both in England and Scotland, where people, older people, 65 plus senior citizens, whatever phrase you want to put alongside it. Um, were being released from hospital with positive tests or no tests having been completed but suspected and were being released back to the care homes where they were then, because of the, the lockdown situation, you've got a, a, a you know a, an enclosed environment of everyone's over 65, everyone's got some kind of health condition mm-hmm. and it just ravaged it like wildfire, absolutely ravaged mm-hmm. it. And, and there was some care homes with like 90% plus mortality rates oh, because once it got into the, 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 the care home, no one was allowed to come in, no one was allowed to leave. There was um, stories about like the, the staff were staying on site for weeks, just essentially on, on duty continually they weren't even leaving because people were dying at such a rate um and it was it was either suspected covid or confirmed covid and they were saying just go back to the care home it's the best place for them rather than you know an actual hospital (laughs) um and and it was just it was ravaging it and they think in scotland i saw some figures where they were saying potentially up to 60 to 70 percent of the covid death figure was directly from or related Mm. to care home deaths and that's where you know the figures are massively inflated because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that bad over there, too. So, yeah. yeah. So it's not just uh, here in the States. It's uh, a lot of a lot of countries are doing the same thing, trying to up these uh, numbers. Wow, that's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did it. It's definitely did it over here. Definitely did it in the UK. Where, where do you see this thing um, ended up, Michael? Do you see some kind of conflict with China on the cards? Is that something that you see has been a possibility because there seems to be a lot of uh, tension building up between everybody essentially in China. Is that something that you see happening or, you know, another cold war or is it going to be a, a real conflict? Or I, I see that the deep state is going to collapse. So it's going to be, it's going to take it a, a several years to like do a mop up and clean up, you know, just like any, any major war, uh, especially since this is a world war. But I, I think they're going to collapse the uh, the deep state in China. I think the um, the premier of China. I think he's he's actually a good guy. And uh, but that doesn't mean that everybody is good. Just like here in America, you know, you see uh, the pretty much the Democrat Party and some Republicans. I'm not going to pick on any particular party, but it definitely seems like the Democrat Party as a whole are extremely leftist and are are supporting uh, this negativity. You want to go communist? You know, they're these these extreme uh, things that they want to do are, are basically communism. So China, communist country, um, they embraced, you know, uh, basically, you know, trading with the world and stuff like that. So 
much of the world gets uh, money from the, or not money, but um, uh, goods from the China. I think like 15% of uh, the world's goods come from China. Uh, some, some places probably get even more. So they're a communist capitalist type of a you know, country, but uh, the extreme controls that they have over their people is the thing that we don't want to see anywhere. So that's, uh, that's the problem. Uh, the, the Chinese elite, just like we saw in Russia before the Russia collapse, um, the elite basically are all, are all doing extremely well when the people don't do so well at all and are, mm. are suppressed. Their consciousness is suppressed. They don't have freedom of anything there. You know, so uh, they go to work and that's, that's about it. You know? So I think that this uh, Three Gorges Dam, uh, if that collapses, that's pretty much yeah. going to destroy China. So there could be some, uh, some things that are going on to uh, help that along. Uh, it's, it obviously, it'll be horrific for you know, a lot of people downstream from that if it does collapse because the Chinese, just like uh, the Russians with Chernobyl, aren't going to admit that they have something that's uh, failing you know, because it, it makes yeah. them look bad. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the, the, the you know, you can look it on um, YouTube, you know, there's videos of satellite images of the dam and you go, dams shouldn't move. They shouldn't change shape. Um, you know, I had watched a video and they said, I, I, I believe they started to build it in 1994 uh, and then they didn't really know what they were doing. So they got, they said, you know, the video said Western experts or American, you know, UK, Australia, Canada, whatever, um, experts to look and they said, this is not good enough and they built it anyway. So, um, you know, I think they were talking about 400 million people in the vicinity that would be in serious trouble. Uh, and then, you know, the, the crops and all this kind of stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I don't know how you fix something like that. I don't know how, you know, I'm not an engineer, so I don't know how you would fix it. I don't know what would happen. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there'll be some country will give it a little nudge to hope that they break it so they can, you know, bring China to its knees. I, I, you know, I don't know how that plays out. Um yeah, when I when I remote viewed it, it was uh, I saw cracks on the left side, and uh, and then all the and then incidentally all the all that information started coming out and it showed that big bow on the left side, so it's uh it's interesting to see that I think it's going to collapse. So, do I can I influence that? I don't think so. I think it's something that's uh is coming, and that's that's uh might be divine type thing, you know, because like you said, if it does collapse, then China's gone. The Chinese Communist Party, which I predicted um, six or seven months ago, would collapse within a year. So maybe this is the point, you know, where um, this thing, this damn collapse would destroy China, the Communist Party. Yeah. Um, the, the, and, you know, we, we see, you know, all the people that have died in the nursing homes. You would think that that would be an unbelievable uh, you know, trigger point for people to like really rise up against, uh, you know, these governments or these uh, governors or mayors or whoever's, you know, fomenting this. But there hasn't been. It's like it just it's just baffling to me that people are allowing this to continue. So, yeah, I've, you know, there's I've, I've what, got, well, sorry, we'll trigger it. Go ahead. I've, I've got friends that are, um, you know, over here in Scotland, there's the, the Scottish National Party that kind of their main thing is is uh, Scottish independence. And I've got friends that are very, very involved in that whole movement. And I've seen multiple, multiple posts of praising the Scottish First Minister um, and her approach to dealing with COVID, completely ignoring the fact that 
she okayed the, the the exact same procedure of sending OAP, old age pensioners back to their care homes. Um, yeah. and, and there was a lot, just, just as COVID was kicking off in Britain and we were considering a lockdown, um, the, the UK government have what are known as COBRA meetings, where it's like the, all the senior uh, politicians and heads of the military and et cetera all get together. Um, and Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, was infamously, I suppose, absent for six of the original meetings. Um, but what very few people ever mention is Nicola Sturgeon also missed five of them. She wasn't interested and wasn't involved. So then you think, well, well, the First Minister of Scotland and the Prime Minister of the whole of the UK weren't attending these meetings and now they've decided to go down this route. It does raise questions of were they asleep at the wheel? Are they that incompetent? Or is something else involved here? Yeah, we, we see a lot of people um, that are uh, involved in these, uh, like Joe Biden and um, Boris Johnson and so forth, you know, they just don't seem the same people. I mean, literally. So, we, so what I'm into is I, I know that there's uh, they have a cloning program where they can take DNA and basically um, clone someone very quickly now. So it's been it's been a, it's been something that goes all the way back to the uh, 40s and 30s, I believe, where they had uh, cloning. And they have pictures of it and so forth. So um, there's been a lot of disclosure on that. I think a lot of the movies that we see kind of uh and shows and stuff are kind of like disclosing a little bit of this information kind of like preparing you know the consciousness of people like we've been talking about so i i think that i mean i looked at boris johnson recently i was like god it just doesn't look like him at all and uh same thing with joe biden i mean you can even look at just the simple thing of the earlobe uh the old biden's earlobe was not attached and the new biden's earlobe is attached so he looks a lot younger uh, than the old Biden. Uh, so there's, and that's what happens with a cloning program. Your clone will come out looking, you know, better in the beginning. But over time, it starts to deter deteriorate mentally like we're seeing. We saw the same thing with Hillary Clinton. She had like episodes where she like just would freak out on the lights, you know, and, yeah. and just say stuff that didn't make sense. Kind of like Joe Biden does, you know? So, um, you, you start to look at this stuff and you're like, oh, oh maybe this cloning stuff is real, you know. So uh, but where's where's the real Joe Biden? Where's the real Hillary Clinton? Where's the real uh, Boris Johnson? Do they take him out? You know, what's going on? Um, some of the some of the things, you know, it's funny because I, I've been speaking to one of my friends earlier on and I was saying to him about Joe Biden and I was saying, you know, if this is the best, now I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying that you know Bor um, that uh, Trump is a, a super genius and he's you know the best possible candidate uh, you know for the Republicans, but if Joe Biden is the best that the Democrats can come up with in a country of you know 350 million, then the party is fucked because he is. <laughs> it's this video, you know, the video where. You know, he's talking about God, and then halfway through his, his, his sentence, he forgets, you know, Gary goes, oh, you know, uh, that guy. It's like, <laughs> what? You've just, you've, and it's like, it's, it's like, it's, if it wasn't, you know, if he wasn't running for, you know, president, it would be, it would be hilarious. But he is, and it's not. <laughs> it's terrible. You go, I mean, if that doesn't raise questions on its own, you know, you know, I've listened to, um, 
you know, talk, I've said this before on you know on this podcast. You know, I've I've listened to um, Tulsi Gabbard talking, and she seems like a real reasonable woman. Uh, good points, you know. And she's a, a a military a military girl, uh, and she seems like a real a real reasonable person that you could say she could she could run the country. And then mm-hmm. the and then they, it's like, no, no, we're going to go with Joe Biden, who looks like every time he smiles, like somebody's electrocuting him, forgets what he's talking about, and then just comes out with. Fucking ridiculous, absolutely outrageous stuff, and you everybody, this... you know, everybody, everybody on CNN is going, "Yep, I don't, I don't see any red flags." You go, "What? fucking insane." You've said it before as well, Chris, on this podcast that because there was a chat about the Democrats trying to get away from the old white man politics, and now they've picked <laughs> the oldest, whitest guy out there in Joe Biden to run as mm. the Democrat. It just it's, it's bizarre. It doesn't make sense. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, same same thing with Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, they must have paid him off again, so he he kind of like dropped off. But yeah, I mean, the Kobe came out and basically, you know, shut them all down. He's been in his basement for like you know like months, you know, because he's like scared to come out because it's it's a it's a threat. What what's he going to do when uh, he gets elected? Is he going to stay in his basement and run the country from his basement? It just doesn't make sense yeah. that people would like you know support a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the whole thing seems. Um, just completely bonkers you know just mm-hmm. i mean you know for example I, I i don't know if you know this michael but um the guy who was elected to be the leader of the opposition in uh, in the uk uh what's his name Sir Ali? Sir Sir yeah so he's a guy that labor uh, elected to to you know be the, the leader of the party the the leader of the opposition he's a guy who investigated jimmy savile when he was still alive, and went, yep, I don't see anything wrong here. He is now the leader of the opposition, and you go, whoa, 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 hang on a minute, like, mm. is nobody slightly concerned? Do you know that? I mean, if you look at it, you go, all of the people in this party, and this guy is, this is the guy, and he looked at Jimmy Savile. You know, he was the guy that overseen investigations into him when they were, you know, I, I believe he was still alive. Uh, well, yeah, it was when he was alive, and then went yeah. into operating U tree as well. Yeah, you know, he's still alive, and he went, "Oh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see any issue. I don't see why we should investigate him." <laughs> what the fuck? And then he dies, yeah. and he becomes one of the worst pedophiles and uh, rapists in history. You, what the fuck? Yeah, I know it was um, mm. again possibly misquoting it, but Keir Starmer was there was something I had read where. Um, Sabo had access to a hospital, Michael, called Stoke Mandeville, which was quite a famous hospital in the UK, and it was where he had unlimited access to the morgue. And you have to ask yourself a question, why would someone want access to the morgue? If you're not a doctor, you're not a pathologist, and it was because he was, as well as being a pedophile, he was a necrophiliac. And Keir Starmer didn't think there was an issue that someone had unlimited access to the morgue. It was signed off. So so Sabo has access to the morgue? Yeah. Okay, that seems okay. That's that seems reasonable. <laughs> so when you, when you look at the bigger picture, like you know, these guys are deep state. You know, they're controlled. They protect each other. They uh, you know, they control the you know the the judicial the the judicial system, the political system, pretty much. Uh, that's that's you know, they can just like blow it off, and the rest of us are like, what? And uh, but that's that's the key, you know, to see the bigger picture of this stuff. To see that there's a operational system behind the scenes that's far more intricate and far more, you know, destructive 
and uh, you know just dark that uh, we really need to take this system down. And uh, that's so that's that's the problem. That's the that's the great you know awakening process that we we need to go through. And uh, mm -hmm. until we do, then these guys continue to like do this kind of stuff. I think that there's going to be um, another round of uh, COVID, something much much more uh, deadly coming in. So uh, unless unless we can really stop that out somehow, it's going to really ravage. And they want to they want to do it in the U.S. obviously because of the uh, election. Mm. So that's uh, the more they can uh, you know keep. Uh, America like suppressed and, and locked down and stuff like that, the worse it looks for Trump. And uh, that's that's their goal, you know, to have these riots going on in the big cities. I've told people to get out of the big cities because that's that's going to be they're going to just like really start to cook off here soon. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. Do you think, do you think there, it'll be like they'll be bioengineering it then to make it more um, virulent? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll definitely be more virulent. So that's I I believe that's one of the reasons why Trump has basically shut down the U.S. Uh, even the you know the school systems, uh, the universities were trying to get their uh, their college students back from overseas, and he's even trying to shut that down, trying to shut down immigration, cut back the immigration numbers, um, just everything because he I think they they know that they're going to try and like you know put put some more stuff in here. So. Uh, We'll see if they get away with it. If they do, now, it's going to be tragic. Do you do you think that you know bringing down uh, the deep state depends on Trump being reelected? If that if you know if he doesn't get in and Biden gets in, do you think this all gets swept under the table and business as usual? Yeah, he'll definitely. Uh, it all gets swept under the table if Biden gets in there. Uh, they'll probably you know just slowly turn us into uh, a new world order. A Nazi state throughout the world, and uh, what what that does really, like we right now, definitely the three of us and, and many many others uh, throughout the world, we we have a, a soul conscious state that's connected. Now, what they want to do with their um, bioengineered and manipulated uh, vaccines and stuff is basically disconnect us from our soul level and just basically use our our bodies and our consciousness as you know slaves so that's that's the thing that they're uh trying to move towards it's it's a it's a bigger picture and it's kind of hard to grasp for some people that aren't you know at least uh aware that there's manipulation going on so that level is where they want to take us uh mm. take over our consciousness pretty much now michael do you would you think then do you think trump running you know in 2016 do you think he's been kind of pushed into that position exactly for this? Do you think there's good factions within the government who say, this is a guy who, you know, he is crazy enough to, to really go after this? Do you think he's been pushed in there? Oh, definitely. I think they approached him. Uh, I, I feel this extremely strongly having, with my military background and, and, and in the um, uh, intelligence community that, that he was approached and basically told that he, they would protect him. He would be the head of their organization, worldwide organization, kind of like a white, the white hats that we've heard about, and mm -hmm. uh, that they would uh, come forward and start to take down elements of the deep state. And then uh, into the next election cycle, which I believe he will win, then they'll, uh, they'll further it and basically complete it. So, yes, he's definitely been done. I mean, if you look at how he used to travel, 
uh, when he first came in, he traveled to Saudi Arabia. Now, no one other than the kings and the, the royal family hold the sword. So you remember he went to Saudi Arabia, he was doing a sword dance, and I was like, oh my God, he must have like told them that they're all pedophiles or something. And then there was a big sweep of the government. You know, the, the young prince came in and basically took over. So that's, that was basically the first thing of the pedophile, you know, taking down the pedophile system. Uh, basically let them know, hey, we know, and this is what's going to happen, and we're basically in charge now. And they're like, okay, yeah. So then he went to, uh, went to the Vatican, and you look at the Pope. The Pope was like, they take pictures of him with the Pope, and the Pope's like all depressed looking. And Trump's like got this big smile standing next to him. Uh, so he basically told the Pope the same thing. Yeah, we have, uh, we have all the pedophilia stuff you guys have been uh, up to for all this time. And uh, we're basically going to, you're, you're done. So then he went to uh, Jerusalem. And remember, they had been trying to get the, the State Department, you know, the, the embassy in Jerusalem for like decades and decades. And he got it there. So, uh, and that, I think it's the same thing. He's basically going to all these different countries, went to EU. And uh, you, might, you might remember uh, uh, Brexit was having a problem. So he goes to the EU, basically probably did the same thing, you know, disclosed to him that we got all the dirt on you guys. And uh, he, they had the picture of him like standing in front of all the European leaders. I was like, whoa, that's something. And uh, so it's, it's that same thing. Went to Japan. Uh, they did, I mean, it's on and on and on. So he's basically, they had the NSA, I believe, uh, the, basically it's the National Security Agency. Uh, organization basically has a it's, it was a new military um intel organization was started many many years ago and i think that is the one that basically has really gotten the real dirt on these guys and broke the like we talked about in the, in the beginning the enigma code that they had where they thought they were talking to each other in uh super secret but we were yeah. we busted them um now this kind kind of goes back to um uh, to to you know the Wayfair stuff and um, kind of Chrissy Teigen, um, you know, and, and, you know people are saying this is too obvious, you know, and, and I'd listen to some people saying yeah, but that's exactly what you know these people are like. They're so brazen, you know. It, there was a video of um, uh, Chrissy Teigen and you know she's married to John Legend, and they were saying you know what's the you know the wildest sexual experience that you guys have had. And John Legend goes quiet, and uh, Chrissy Teigen says, "Oh, the Obama thing." And he and he instantly goes, "I wasn't at the White House." And then it's like, "Well, what Obama thing were you at where there was a wild sex thing going on?" And then you instantly kind of go, "And then you know, you know, it was a video. I can't remember the name of it. It was a couple of American guys are saying, but this is how outrageous they are. They think that they are in a system that will never collapse." And now, you know, Chrissy Teigen, she had that weekend where she had a meltdown, uh, you know, and this people have screenshotted tweets and you go, wait a minute. And then there's all these like pizza emojis uh, and then she's deleted 60,000 and then 60,000 tweets. And then she's, then she's, then she said, you know, oh, I've, I've been hacked for the last 11 years, you know, even through this video of her talking about her Twitter account. And you go, what? If, something's wrong. Like something has went seriously wrong where she has went, fuck. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like something. Well, she and John Legend right. were on the uh, the Lolita Express of Pedophile Island, so uh, yeah. they probably have video of them doing some horrible things there. So we'll 
we'll see a lot of these these people uh you know start to disappear like they have been and uh i think eventually they'll probably release the uh the confessions that they they have made probably down down in guantanamo because that's the only place where they can try them because like 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 we talked about earlier if they try to try try them here then the, the judicial system which is extremely corrupt in it and basically drags takes forever you know for them to prosecute someone as we're seeing you know with with uh, the basically FBI and uh, uh, some of the CIA stuff like that's been leaked as far as like, you know, trying to take Trump down. Uh, they were spying on him. So we're starting to see all that stuff now. And that's going to be uh, revealed, I believe, in the future. I don't think it's going to be revealed until after election. So uh, once once they solidify, there's probably going to be a huge um, demonstration, you know, by the uh, the, the leftist. Uh, they're still brainwashed to believing that their side is good. And um, we'll see how, how far that goes down the rabbit hole. I don't see a civil war. I think it's going to be more um, uh, isolated to like some of these big cities where they have yeah. like their, because a lot of the big cities here in America are just bastions of, of leftist ideology all the way into their universities, the um uh, they've been in, they've been in charge of some of these cities that are just rotten to the core. Like um, for D- Detroit, at one time I think it's they've had like a, a Democrat that's been running Detroit for like sixty or something years, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And Detroit, Chicago's like, about, about forty five years or so, just because of Chicago years. Bears farm. Mm-hmm. So I, I follow Chicago news because of the Chicago Bears, but I know they're similar. Yep, exactly. Um, so was, all these, it was these, yep. it was, uh, it was similar with. Um, you know, once the uh, you know once a video of the you know the George Floyd thing, um, you know we've said this, but we've said this before in the podcast. You know, it was outrageous. The you know, you know, you know, the, George Floyd was murdered. Uh, but you know, instantly all the, you know Antifa went out and they were you know blaming Trump and blaming the Republicans and all this kind of stuff. And you go well, and then you actually look dig into it and you go, okay, but this has been a democratic-run state. For a long time, so how is this a Trump issue? Um, so you know, once you once you actually dig into it, you kind of go, okay. So yeah, it's 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 it just all seems, and I, you know, I think obviously the media do their part in blowing the whole thing up out of proportion. Um, but yeah, I mean, we you know, I knew people so way back in 2016 who were you know, as it was in America. It was the same thing here. Everybody's saying, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to win by a landslide. Uh, they don't like Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah you know. But then I, I knew people who had been in America uh, on holiday from all different parts, you know, people that had been in, uh, all, you know, all over. And when you actually spoke to them, they went, no, that's not the case at all. The absolute, it's not even necessarily that people uh, liked Trump at that point. They just despised Hillary Clinton so badly that they would have voted for anybody else. Um, so we were getting, you know, these mixed signals. You know, and I've said, I've said this to a friend earlier on as well, uh, Michael. So when the BBC were reporting on Brexit, they would never ever leave London to co- to talk about Brexit. So they, they, you know, the biggest, most multicultural city in Europe. They were like, let's talk to people here about Brexit. Do you do you think Brexit has happened? Uh, no, no, I don't. 
And then, you know, there was a couple of MPs who were getting questioned by the BBC, why don't you go outside London? Because they didn't want to go outside London. They wanted it to look like this is a sure gone thing, and it wasn't. Um, so the same, you know, the, the media have this massive part to play in, in all these problems. Um, the bias is insane. Um, you know, the BBC used to be one of the, you know, the most well-respected news organisations, and now... To me, it's just a joke. I mean, an absolute joke of a, an organisation. Um, you know, CNN are the same. I mean, they, you know, they get caught out lying so many times. It's like, how does how you know this is like a comedy show? Like, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know that we've all seen the videos of Don Lemon, and you know, I seen him arguing just the other day with Terry Crews, um, and it's like it, it it's so they're so ridiculous. The presenters, it's just. It's like genuinely, it could be like on Comedy Central. It's just like it's so obvious that they're the real biased. Um, I don't even know how you solve it. It seems like it's such an enormous problem that you know. How does this thing get fixed? How do you fix this? That's. I think that's a good point. And and Chris, uh, that's a good point about. Um, Brexit, because I think that that was the wave. So you guys started the wave in Britain, and then it made it to to uh, America, and that's when Trump was elected. So it's um it's something that's uh it started uh to go around the world. I believe more and more people are seeing you know the, the manipulation and the the control and stuff like that in the media. The media has got to be changed. That's that's the thing. I think that's the one thing that's really you know, holding this consciousness uh, movement uh, up. So if we if we can start to take over the media, and I don't know what that's going to entail, how that happens, but at some point, somehow, the media has to be has to you know change. And and you're right, CNN. I remember watching CNN as a little kid, and I was like, CNN's going to be great someday. And then uh, when I was in the Panama invasion at Silting, with SEAL Team Six, we would turn on the TV and look at CNN to get intel. Because they were like, that's good. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So for years and years and years, you could go into like offices within special forces, like the, the, the CEO's office, the captain's office, or the intel office, and they'd have uh, a TV monitor going with, with CNN news on it. And then that changed. you know. And the same thing with the BBC. I remember going overseas and like you, t- you tune in. I mean, I, I was like, I was totally into BBC, all their stuff. I, I like, I was subscribed to everything BBC. I loved it, you know. But you could see, like you're saying, the shifts start to happen. You're like, I'm not going to listen to this bullshit anymore. It's like, wow, it's sad, you know. Yeah, I remember my dad telling me that about CNN. My my dad was in the Royal Navy for 22 years, um, 75 to or through the 90s, um, and I remember him saying that every bridge on every Royal Naval ship he'd ever been on had a, a radio or a TV tuned into the BBC or the BBC World Service and another mm, one tuned into definitely. CNN because it was the best intelligence sources going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was right through, you know, my dad served out in the Gulf, um, Falklands, um, all wow. through that, that kind of time. And it was the same. It was always the same situation. And then suddenly the mid-90s, maybe early 2000s, started to, started to change and, and the BBC <laughs> seemed to change round about sort of the tail end of New Labour really over our neck of the woods. Yeah, well, if you think about it, it was the BBC who reported that Tower 7 had collapsed whilst it was still standing. And that was the mm-hmm. point where you go, 
wait a minute. What, oh, yeah. Good fuck? point. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, that's when you kind of went, oh, something's not right. Uh, somebody's reading their script a little early. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> this building... And the time zone's wrong. This, this, yeah. this, this building that wasn't hit by anything has just collapsed whilst it's still standing over the you know the, the shoulder. You go, uh, no, it's not. It's, why would that building have collapsed? Nothing hit yeah. it. Oh, look, it just collapsed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched that uh, happen. Uh, I happened to be home. Uh, basically, I was uh, working at the Naval Academy at the time, a senior enlisted guy, and uh, I just happened to be home uh, watching my daughter. And... Uh, I watched that happen. I'm like, man, somehow terrorists got in there and planted explosives because I'm a demolition expert. And um, and then I, I was like, but how 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 could that ha- how could terrorists get in there and not be noticed? You know. And then uh, you started then you started to hear when you did the critical research thing, you started to hear like firefighters talking about you know hearing explosions going off in the building after you know the fire, and they were like we, we're going to get this fire under control so they they thought they had it in the bag because they had fires i looked at um information from uh many years ago where they they could the buildings were built to withstand several impacts from uh aircraft not just one so uh and you remember that one scene where the aircraft hits and all that fuel just like flies out yep. what was burning the building and melting the building down then so uh, a lot of anomalies, you know, in that. And the more I did the research and I saw other experts come come forward, like they had the engineers for truth. They had the firefighters for truth. I mean, they had the law enforcement for truth. They had the nurses for, I mean, doctors for truth. I mean, just everybody started coming out. But same thing like you're talking about, all those videos and all that stuff has been suppressed over time. Now, what what was the, the, the you know, because I've never ever asked anybody this because, you know, it's, you know, a lot of the military guys, it would be kind of a, a sore point. What what was the general feeling in the military, you know, for nine eleven? Is it uh, more a uh, you know they just don't think about it, or do they believe you know that planes hit the you know the, you know as it was reported, or is there some skepticism? How you know how is it viewed within the military? It it, it took time. I mean, a lot of us you know were because um, I had predicted something was coming. I could feel it, and I was at the I was at the Naval Academy at the time and there was a brief that we had in uh, early August. And I said, you know, I'm Navy SEAL, you know, I've been all over the world and uh, I, I really feel that we need to beef up security here at the Naval Academy because I've been looking at it and it seems a little lax. I think the, we're coming into a time frame where, you know, I, I got a feeling, you know, that, that things really are going to get out of hand. And so they beefed up the, uh, the, the um, security of the Naval Academy and I think they came out with uh, a sheet at some point of targets and uh, different targets all over the country. And the Naval Academy actually ended up on that list. And I was like, so I, I felt like I, I did a pretty good thing, you know, beefing up security there. So um, when, it, when it happened, you know, at first you like you get caught up in the, you know, the, the craziness of it. Like, oh, we're going to go, you know, take care of whoever did this, you know. And then they're like, okay, it was Bin Laden, you know, in the caves, you know. And then eventually... Over time, you know, those of us that started doing the research and looking at stuff were like, ah, you know, but in the beginning, everybody was on board. There's still a lot of people that are. I mean, I, I, we are talking about this right now and some people are going to look at this. Oh, those guys are crazy. You know, uh, there's, that was, that was terrorists who did that, you know, but if you really, like I said, you know, do the research on that. I mean, I went by the Pentagon 
after it happened. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way a plane hit there. And then you start looking at all the information on it. And uh, it, the, the, if the, a plane with wings had hit the Pentagon, it would have caused damage where the wings are. But the, there was no damage at all on the side of the building. And it was uh, as I remember when it first when it first happened, I'm like, wow, looks like somebody did a like the same thing with the, you know, the tower. Somebody put explosives in there. That's what I, that's the first thing that came to my mind as a demolition expert. So and then there's like, no, a, a plane hit it. And I'm like, that's bullshit. You know, like, there's no plane hit that. And then it came up like like uh, parts and the parts did not match the plane that they said it came from. It matched a the engine from a cruise missile so i'm like ah okay and then you saw they only had one video so here's the most probably videoed you know building in the world one of the most video but they only have one little clip i'm like ah that's another bad thing and then they had like this explosion and i'm like if that was a plane to hit there there'd be a lot bigger explosion than that so there's the reason why it hit there is they were doing an investigation on the deep yeah. state in yeah, that in that one building right there. Because what's um uh what was his name now? Um who announced the day before that it was like three trillion dollars missing. <laughs> like it was like Exactly. Um Yeah, Donald yeah. Rumsfeld. Yep. Donald Rumsfeld, that's the guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um well, I mean the thing that got me with the whole thing, uh, when I was I mean I was sixteen when that happened. Um, and I remember what was the one the plane that was shot down over the you know over a field there was a plane that was shot down over a field and I can remember there was like you know live footage from there and I can remember being young and I remember like saying to to my dad like like where's the plane like there's no plane yeah good point like yeah like because every every other time you've ever seen you know even since then um, if you think about you know the a, the Malaysian Airlines flight that was shot down over Ukraine. Um, there's been another few that have been shot down. Um, you know, the Iranians shot one down as well uh, recently. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, vid- there's videos of the the wreckage and you yeah. see a wing, uh, a nose piece, uh, some parts of fuselage. But, you know, for 9-11, it was like, where is the... I mean, you're saying that you shot it down because it was going to... Uh, I believe the White House. They were saying it was going to. That's what it was. That was the intended target. Uh, mm-hmm. But you would. This is the. This is the. This is the field where this was. Where is the plane? Yeah. yeah. And also, there were uh, supposedly people on the flight that called with their cell phone, saying that they were basically going to go up and like take out the guys that had basically taken over the plane. Mm-hmm. Well. There's no cell phone coverage from a plane at that altitude at that time. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was no, like, um, today you can have, like, they have, like, a, a, a basically antenna that, you know, gives you cell phone coverage and stuff like that. They didn't have that on that plane. So a lot of these things, when you start to look at them, don't, don't match. The same thing with the passport. They found the passport of yeah, one of the hijackers, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, outside the building. It's okay. So. It, it came out of an exploding plane with all these flames through a building and landed just perfectly. Not no no burn marks, no nothing, just right there. And well, there was I, mean, a, I, yeah. I used to talk to my friends uh, in, the, in the special forces, and I tell them this stuff, and they're like, 
oh, that's bullshit. If that's true, then I'm never going to believe in our government again. And then I showed it to them. They're like, oh. <laughs> there, there, there was a it's, couple it's of occasions of that um, you, you, you have, because that's part of the control, mind control that they do. You know, they, they, they build up these, uh, these ideas that if you're not with us, you're against us type thing. You know, that's the yeah. saying that, you know. And it's a couple of instances. Ali, you might remember this from, I think one of them was the, the Bataclan massacre um, in France. Oh, in, Pri- uh, in, in Paris, Paris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was a couple of instances. Now, the guy who um, the guy who exploded a exploded a, a, a suicide vest outside of the Stade de France. Remember, there was a game of football on at the time, and you had the explosion yeah. inside it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they they found that guy's passport, and you're going, wait, what? What is it with passports? Why did terrorists carry their passports everywhere? Like, I mean, if that doesn't make you go. Yeah, I have some mm. questions. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you go, "Why did? Why have they always?" And there was another one. Um, it oh, was the guy who oh, ID when you're going to perform a crime. <laughs> it, it was a guy who I believe they got him in. Uh, they got him in Belgium. Yes. Um, and the, you know there was a shootout, and the you know the Belgian authorities you know shot him and killed him, and you know oh yeah he had his passport on him. What? Why yeah. would you? Unless I'm going on holiday, I, I don't have my passport on me ever. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, why does this keep happening? This is like, this is a little weird. I mean, that, I mean, even if you, even if you look at any conspiracy theory, uh, if you want to call it a conspiracy theory, if you look at anything and go, nah, you must look at the patterns and go, okay, so they found a passport off Mohammed Atta, I believe that's who it was, you know, they found his passport after the plane exploded and, and you know, melted the metal to such an extent that the world's tallest building both world's tallest buildings collapsed but they found his passport and then these other terrorists in France well, those guys just so happened to have their passport and you go okay, something doesn't seem right this just doesn't seem like this would be a normal thing um so yeah, it's it's one of those things where you, you do have to go. Okay, I have some questions. Uh, <laughs> and and then where where do you go with them? You know, because a lot of lot, lot of us had those questions, and we're like, you know, how there's and then you have the guys who are like, there's no way that a government like we talked about, there's no way the government could do this, and then you go through that process, and then you're like, for me, you start to see these things or these people or these this organization, this very dark organization behind the scenes that's manipulating things. And you're like, Oh my God. I mean, for instance, I would be in, um, uh, we talk about the manipulation of the press. I would be in cars and, uh, while people were talking in the back and I'll just say, say it like that. And they were telling people what they were going to write in the press overseas. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's how they keep these people dumbed down. And I'm like, mm. and I'm thinking to myself, they don't do that in the States no way yeah. yeah and then i started to look and then i see the operation mockingbird which the cia basically admitted to where they you know control the media in the united states as well i'm like oh my god and then i started to look at the way and like we're seeing right now you know the way the media is manipulated so it's 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 it has an effect on consciousness you know people get their information you know from the media and they they believe in it i had a had a friend uh seal team friend we were uh 
at, at, at Bud's, I think, doing instructing and stuff at the time. And a really good friend of mine. I'd worked with him for many years. Knew his wife and everything. And so there was uh, the invasion where we went into Somalia to bring all the, uh, the, the food to the, you know, the starving Africans and stuff like that. And then I turned into a goat rope and a horrible situation. But anyway, when, that, when they first went in, uh, the way, way we SEALs do it, uh, we come in, we survey the beach, come back, we build a chart, then we go back in, and then we do some more work, and then, you know, we're back out. So the Marines came in to basically set up. It was like a Marine recon unit came in to set up on the beach, and the press comes in, and they're like videoing these guys, and didn't look good, you know, they didn't look very professional. So that yeah. comes out in the press in San Diego. Of course, San Diego is where we have one of our bases there in Coronado. And so we look like, you know, you know, a bunch of knuckleheads. And uh, so his his wife is like, what happened with you guys? You know, they look like idiots. And he's like, oh, honey, you know, we we contacted those guys out there. and We asked them about that. And they said that wasn't us. That was Marine Recon. She's like, no, it wasn't. The paper said it was you guys. And he's like, "Uh, no, it was. I'm just telling you what it was. honey." But she would not. She never would believe him. Not a surprise he ended up divorcing her, but, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's amazing. You can actually, you know, in your family, someone that you, you know, because she's obviously seen him, you know, over the years do his thing. She, I think at the time they've been together for like well over 10 years. So all that period of time, you know, seeing her husband working the SEAL teams, know, know, know the professionalism that we, that we have, and then to be, you know, believe the press over him. It's like insane. That's the way people are, you know. So so that, did you say that was the Marine Recon that was involved in that, Michael? Yeah, when they did uh, pictures of it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, only because I, I remember that happening and I would have sworn down it was the SEALs for the exact same reason. I remember it happening and saying the SEALs, SEALs blunder in Somalia. Um, and it was it was uh, the BBC and the CNN and stuff were covering it. Like, here's the Navy SEALs on their top secret and the cameras are already set up on the beach. I would have sworn down right up until now, if I was challenged on pain of death, that it was the SEALs that were involved in that. See, so, there you go. So it's just crazy, yeah, right? Manipulated. But yeah, I would, uh, I would have sworn down, because I remember it, because I remember my dad talking about it, and going, oh, bloody Navy SEALs, all flashing, no idea with their tridents, and fucking <laughs> yanks thinking they're coming in it. and saving the world, and, you know, a <laughs> little bit of, little bit of uh, interforce rivalry between the British and the, and the US, and uh, it turns out it was the Marines the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's the same thing, you know. We just, uh, you know, you see, you see something, you see it's unprofessional, and it's like w- w- you don't have any say, you know. Uh, even even those of us in Navy SEALs, well, can you retract that? No. Like, okay. But they do that all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, so, for instance, I don't know if you guys remember, probably, probably do, you guys seem to be pretty tapped in. You remember the, the Navy SEAL uh, recently that was like, you know, had to go, uh, you know, bring, they were holding him for crimes against uh, Iraqi, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we all got behind him, we being the guys, you know, ha- that are retired and we have, you know, have a little bit of pool. So we started to go uh, and, and back up Eddie Gallagher. So we were like, hey, you know, this is, this is a bunch of BS. And I even knew the officer, one of the officers that was uh, in, in responsible for having him, you know, locked down in confinement like that, solitary confinement. I knew he wasn't a good officer. Um, so I, 
you know, so all of us started to talk out. We had people coming in trying to like disrupt us, but we were, we, we were like, you know, calling them out, you know, stopping them out and like, no, this is the way it's going to be. You know, this is, this is complete BS. Eventually that got to Trump and he got aware of that and he came in and uh, basically said, release him from solitary confinement so he can like at least talk to his lawyer and, you know, get a good meal and work out or whatever. And so that, that kept escalating. And I, I even predicted, I said uh, to the group, I said, you know what? I bet you, um, you got the remote viewing ability. I bet you that the um, uh, Secretary of Defense and the head of the SEAL community, they're both, both of them are deep state. And I bet you both of them are going to take out. Sure enough, they did. So even, even in, you know, the most prestigious organizations were starting to see this infiltration of this deep state element. And it goes, it goes pretty deep. I mean, we could go really far down the rabbit hole, even more than we've already gone, which is pretty deep already. So you guys are very informed. So very nice. Um, yeah. What, what, um, on that topic, what, um, what's your line in the sand, Michael? What's, what's the, what's the, you know, where, where do you get to with any of this stuff before you go, no, that's crazy. That's, that's too much. What is it? Is there something, you know, because, you know, there's certain things, um, you know, I, like I say, I used to like watching Ancient Aliens on uh, on the History Channel. And the first the first series was very good, and then it got to the stage where it was like, "This is absolutely fucking bonkers. This is just nonsense." Now they're just making a show. So what's um, what's the, what's the, the line in the sand for you? But you go, nope, <laughs> just too much. Uh, it's it's. I mean, like as far as what? I mean, there's there's many. 